I don't want to take uh, any of our very, very, very valuable time um, from hearing Rav Lepiansky, Shlita, um, just to say that our friendship goes way back to the Mir Yeshiva days with Rabbi Hirschfeld. And, um, you know, I think they, there's a phrase, you can tell the race, you can tell the winners at the starting gate. Um, so Rabbi Aaron is younger than, than us, but it was very clear that there's something very special here. Um, I'll just add what my years of knowing and being connected with Rabbi Blyansky, we were, uh, to, uh, even though I don't think we learned together by Rabbi Moshe Shapira, but we were both of ourselves as connected to him, and much of Rav Aaron's Torah comes from Moshe Shapir. He was closer to Rav Moshe than I was uh, for many years. Um, two things that always stand out when I talk to Rav Aaron, when I listen to him, when I read his articles. Um, Seichel Hayashar. You guys know what Seichel Hayashar means? Very straight, clear thinking. That comes from the Mir Yeshiva days where Rav Nochum insisted that everything has to be straight. We don't need to go and, you know, all kinds of drays and all kinds of thumbs. Okay, it's got to be straight. Um, and Sterling Midos. Aaron is just unbelievable. But the Seichel HaYosher is why people go to him today. He's one of the go-to people for advice and for what, what today is thrown around very cheaply as Das Torah. So Rav Aaron is still a little too young for everybody to, you know, for the political world to talk about Aaron is Das Torah. Um, but if you want to know what the Torah has to say about something unbiased, Rabbi Aaron Lepiansky will tell you. And we're very honored that he's given up our very valuable time, uh, his very valuable time to uh, share Torah and wisdom with us. Okay. Good morning. Uh, I'll just... Uh if I, I wanted to share, if we speak about Rav Nochum and the way he taught us, and the way people, the, with, with the way in which people disciplined, quote-unquote, Talmidim, in those days wouldn't go today, but I'll share a tidbit. I, Rav Nochum was also very deep, and so as young boys, we tried to imitate, you know, we tried to say, sorry, they were deep or something, and I came over to him, and I said, oh, I said some idea that I had in the Gemara that I felt was very deep, and he said to me, you know, I never ever said something in my life that didn't make sense. And the, the, that was, that was the, so, it, it, so if there was any Yashus, it was pounded with a hammer also. When, when needed to, it was put into place. They, today they would probably arrest the person for emotional abuse and stuff like that. But uh, it, it put us in place because we knew, we understood what a Rebbe was and, and his love for us was unbounded. He, um, it was fascinating because he came from a world far removed from us in the level of learning and everything. And he had a special chiba for American Talmidim. He felt it was a real mevakshim, the sincerity. And he went out of his way to be encouraging because he felt that way. It was really, it's, it's something that's not chavaled often. It's something that just, it's hard even today to, to imagine it. <laughs> the topic that we can talk about, so we have a little bit less time than normal, but I, I'm at best, we can sort of give an overview, because it is, it is an extraordinarily important topic. On the one hand, there is no two ways about it. Our, our sense of the Yichud of Kal Yisrael being Amanifcher, this week's parasha is, and last week's parasha, the Flasy being so Mitzrayim, it's not just to get us out of Mitzrayim. It's a very clear separation um, very clear, different. Um, Schooler, we're, we're going to learn about in two weeks. It, the idea of, of the Yichud of Kainstrol is the core of our Yiddishkeit. On the other hand, we are part and parcel of a big world. Um, almost everyone here has been a very intricate part of that world. And there is much that's nice. There are good things. There are wonderful people. And really good people. And it's something that's very, very hard. My kids grew up in Yerushalayim. And I, I still remember very, very, very insulated, isolated, however you want to call it. I started teaching Silver Spring. The first Kufa, I would commute. So once in a while, the family came there. And my two of my boys, one of them must have been 
10, 11 years old, and the other one was um, younger. I don't remember, but that was plus minus the ages. They were in Cheder, and they came in the morning to Davin, and it was a high school, which they were not used to. They walked around the halls, catching Bachrim, and, and quizzing them about what goes on. And they asked one boy if all the secular studies teachers are f- from. And he said, no, they're not even Jewish. And my poor boy turned white and he said, do they beat you very hard or not? Because the only non-Jews he'd ever seen was in the picture books was Boris. He was always drunk with big red cheeks and beating up Jews. So, so he figured that that's basically, it was, it was kind of different. It was a very different world. Um, he got Baruch Hashem, he's gotten used to it, and he this one happens to live in America now, and he, he's figured it out. So it's kind of, you know, he's, he's Baruch Hashem, uh, he, he has, uh, he's worked out. So we, it, it's a big topic. I try to sketch a bigger picture so that we have where to put pieces into place. Um, the places, the two places that are best for getting that is Derech Hashem, like everything that's a safer, that's the most. It's the most structured sefer, and he has a whole a, a chapter on Ben Yisrael Amin. The Kuzari, actually, of, of all the um, Hashkafa types for him, the, the Kuzari is unusual in that he puts the crux of Judaism not in the belief of a creator and all-powerful and giving man what he needs. He places it on the revelation at Sinai, and Claudius all being um, very, very unusual and different. This actually, he, he, and, he, and he makes an emphasis because since he, he wrote the dialogue, he, um, he you know, he, he asked the the, the Melech Hakuzarim asked everyone to present to make a presentation. He started with with the Christian. He had some problems with that. The Muslim had some problems. The philosopher had some problems. He said, "Well, I guess we're going to have to call the Jew, even though it's a waste of time." And he started that presentation as Maimon Sinai and Kali Yisrael. And he said, you know, I knew I was right not to call the Jews because that's the weirdest way to present religion. Not God, not man, not creation, but Sinai, Kali Yisrael, so on and so forth. Needless to say, at the end, he changes his mind. And, you know, and, and, but, but that safer works that way. But I'd like to so give the big picture. The world, when we talk about humanity we really are talking about two different elements. We're talking about the individual, and we're talking about nations. The players in the world stage are nations, not people. And and let's take a look at something simple. If you shoot somebody who, if somebody kind of wandered onto your property and you shoot the person, you're probably liable for murder manslaughter, murder, something, um, unless the person was clearly coming, you know, in, in ways that you were scared for your life. In war, you shoot at anyone who's from the enemy, even if that person is not, may not be the one that's coming to attack, he may not, it may not have been his idea, he might be in the army against his will, but it's a nation. There are many, doing justice is only possible as a nation. So the whole concept of dinim, of having a just society, is not relevant to individual. Individual may be honest, he may be giving, but justice means we create a system where people act a certain way. And many, many other items are relevant to nations. People, when people act in a certain way, we can always think of it as a fluke. So, for instance, if there's somebody who is, if there's a teenager who's holed up someplace and studying books for 12 hours a day, you know, it, it, there's, there's, there's everything, every, you know, individuals are always seen as flukes, outliers. If a nation does something in a way that is, that's the standard for the nation, then it becomes a reality. Yes, there is a culture that studying is important. There's a culture that morality is, is it, and so on. So many of the things that we think about, ideals that are going to be realized are going to be at a national level and not at an individual level. 
what was before the Chet Adam Arishon is not clear. Had he not sinned, how would things have gone forward? Would there have been nations? Would there have been more people? It's, it's, it's a thing, things that are not relevant, we, know, we don't know much. But what we do know is, and this is the way the Kuzari and the Hashem and others sketch it out, is once mankind sinned, once Adam sinned, so there was Akadosh Baruch who tried to see if that would change and reverse itself. Could Adam and his children, could his children reverse the process? And it went from bad to worse. You had the marble, you had stone, you had, you had, you had, and, and what, and what became apparent was that we need a nation that will have different values, different ideals, and will realize them. And that will spearhead a type of paradigm that will set, that mankind can emulate and eventually bring mankind back to where it should be. But the only way we could do it, so if I tell somebody that there's a society where marriage is actually sacred, and if this is your husband, he's the only one that's your husband, and, 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 and everything about it is sacred, say, so, okay, I mean, everyone has their particular mishagas, that's this, that's this woman's mishagas. But when we have a nation that acts in a certain way, then it's something that says, no, there is actually something like that, and it's something we need to, maybe we need to imitate it, and so on. So a Kodesh Baruch Hu chose the way you would choose a sort of genetic disposition. He chose the people that showed the disposition for it. And it went through a process. Avram and Yitzchak, and finally at Yaakov, the stage was set because his own children had all turned out to share that ideal, to share that value in, in an innate way, that would be the family that would become a cloud. It needed a, a period of time to see and have them struggle and see who would persevere and who would not. And that those 200 years in Egypt were a period where people were tested on the most difficult circumstances and Whoever fell out, fell out. And whoever stayed was worthy of becoming that nation. And until it culminated at Harsinai, that's where a final stamp of a nation happened. Now, it includes, A, an element of a spiritual predisposition. The Torah does say, and that, that there is a predisposition. So, for instance, priests are from a certain family. I'm a levy. So, I didn't make it as a priest, but I made it as a levy. And that's a certain predisposition. What's important to understand, and this is something that, will, that goes through this entirely, a predisposition is not a given, and rather... In many times, it's a standard to hold yourself to. Because the fact that somebody has reached a high madrega, a high um, achievement in, in, in Ruchnius, does not mean that the children are there automatically. Not at all. And if anything, if the child does not rise to it, it's something of a challenge. It's a, it's a question. It is actually, by the way, one of the problems we have in Chinuch. I mean, I, you, can, you can tell any child who has a chash of a father, a father who's, who's considered to be big or whatever it is, will resent that forever they're told by their rebbeim, I expect more of you because you're a father. They, they've, many children have filed papers to disown their fathers because this is a constant refrain, you know, your father, I would expect something more out of you. But the point is, yes, we have a predisposition, and that's what's expected. So we have a sense of what would call race, in the sense we are a family that has a sealed predisposition. For what? What is it 
that we have the predisposition for. Not that the world owes us, not that we have the right to do things that no one else has, it's the opposite. The standard for everyone else is Zion Mitzvah Menach. Those are commandments that are of this world. In other words, the decency, the, it's a minimal standard for human decency. And every single human being is expected to live up to it, and that's his world. If he does right, he's considered to be a righteous person. And he has Olam Haba, and, and, and the world of his Ruchnius, his spirituality, is the world that he has eternally. We are, have the ability to achieve something much greater. It's a highest spiritual achievement, which is described as 613 mitzvahs, and the Torah understanding of it, the understanding of that system. We have an ability, just like music, some people can be taught how to bang on a keyboard, and some people can actually get it. We can get it. And therefore, our achievement when it's achieved is much greater, because all these mitzvahs are really not part of this world. Kosher doesn't relate to this world. It's another dimension. And if you don't get it, it's really kind of meaningless. And that's the world that we have the ability to achieve. If we don't achieve that world, then we are not righteous. We're, we're less than a person who is only expected to achieve Zayim Zimnach. But if we do achieve it, then we have a much deeper Ruchniistic sense, and we, we have the depth for an eternity, the depth of that Ruchnius that, that, that we're talking about. Now, if anyone in the world wants to rise to that, and he has a sense that there's something here, he's welcome to do so, if he's sincere. We're not, a, we're not a race in the sense that it's shut off. It's shut off in one direction. If a Jewish person says, maybe I'll, 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 I'll go with the seven minutes of Noach, um, we tell him, tough luck. Um, you know, you can't. But if any one of the nations of the world say, no, I want that spiritual dimension of having a uh, of having a ruchni sticker deeper experience, and he and he, and and he does it, he 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 studies it, he becomes part of it, and it becomes him, then he's welcome. So, one, every single person is welcome to join. Two, the only thing it entails, working harder, having a more restricted life, studying a lot more. That's the only benefits, quote-unquote. For some people, that's the world. For some people, thanks but no thanks. Um, and, 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 and therefore, we're open to join, and the only thing we promise is that. The only thing physically that we get is Eretz Yisrael. Every nation has a place for itself. Frenchmen have France, Spanish people have Spain, and so on. We have Eretz Yisrael. It, 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 I mean, that's that's what our country gave us. Um, almost every nation that subscribes to the Tanakh should agree with that. Except they found clauses. The, the, the Christians said, we lost it. And the Muslims said, it means them, not us. But our claim to Eretz Yisrael is legitimate. And Eretz Yisrael is a wonderfully beautiful country. But if you're secular and you're looking at a map, um, Eretz Yisrael is not fantastic. The main value of Eretz Yisrael for us is it's the place where a person can connect HaKadosh Baruch with the best. It has beauty, it has chen, but it has the beauty and chen that comes from what it is. Um, objectively, Switzerland looks nice on, on, on postcards, it looks nicer. Saudi Arabia looks wealthier. Um, you know, uh, New York looks messier. They, you know, every, every place has got its own, its own, its own thing. The, the, the core of Eretz Yisrael to us is that. Like Rabbi Alevi said, it's the place where you poured out your Holy Spirit on the prophets, on the Nazirim, and so on. As a nation, 
we are quote-unquote superior. Superior means we have a higher standard to live by. The hope is that when people look around and they take note of us acting, behaving, accomplishing what we should, it'll change them. When you look around, imagine a world where word is a word. And even if you didn't sign a contract, even if you didn't have a, uh, a staff of lawyers making sure every, every dot is, the person is good for their word. That makes an impression. When honesty is not something that a preacher is preaching, but people are living. When a person knows that his family is solid, that he can be away for months, and he knows exactly the loyalty and the solidity of family unit. When parents when people understand that commitment, they begin to think. You know, when people come for Shabbos and they say there's a day in the week when the business is not important, this is not important, that's not important. There's something else. All of those serve paradigms so that people will see, they'll change, they'll imitate, and they'll bring back the world to the tikkun. The there is the area. Because we're talking about a nation and its culture, the more we are acculturated with the people around us, the more we dilute our own morace. And that's where there are restrictions. We are respectful. We are kind. We, we treat people with dignity and nimus. But there is a barrier. In order for us to stick to our, our life, to see ourselves as our own nation, we need to have that. And it's historically we've seen that whenever, whenever we became very comfortable in our surroundings, we were absorbed by them, diluted, absorbed, and we lost, our, our, we lost ourselves. I mean, unfortunately, most places where we became absorbed in the culture... That was the end of it. So the picture is, yes, that we are superior and proudly so. I want to maybe finish. I, I printed the story in, 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 the, in the book, but uh, it's, it's a, this I heard from uh, a friend at a Hasna from someone who knew the person. There was a Yid Kibovitz. He was, during the war, he was, a, um, he was hi- hid in the forest. Hiding, quote-unquote, in the forest meant you live in a pit with no water, with no bathroom, with no food, covered with lice. And it was just a question when you'd be killed either by the Germans or the Polish partisans or something or other or by an animal. He made it through. And one morning he woke up and he said, President Roosevelt is sleeping in a comfortable bed in a protected place with plenty of food and water. If someone came to me and offered me to reverse roles, I would refuse. And they made the Baruch Hashanah So I heard from Rav Yaakov Naiman, who was a very close friend of this person. It was at a chasna of this person's daughter. This person had passed away. And he was telling the chasen, um, the chasen lived with us again, the Mish, And he was telling the chasen, this is who your father was. It means we're proud of being different. Different means with a different standard. We have a sense of ruchness that transcends this world. Understanding HaKadosh Baruch Hu, understanding mitzvahs, participating in so many mitzvahs that not easy to wrap our minds around, but are, real, are, are really spiritual. And we do it on a personal level, but more important, on a cloud. On, on, on a, we, I'm sure everyone who's here in Yeshiva feels the difference when you learn in base medrash with people when you dab them together, when you associate together and share your challenges, your values, your hopes, that's who we are. And, that, and that's, a, that's sort of a picture of what it is to be um, a Yisrael ben Amim, our relationship with them, the need to have our own bubble, and the sense and, and how we are meant to sense the world around us. That's sort of a, I think, just an outline of, of the topic. I know it's not, you know, it's a big topic, a lot of different points, but I think just to get a sense of it that I found in the in this firm.
Yeah. Some questions here. Okay, thanks so much, Rav. We, I'm just going to read the questions. We, we, uh, we're going to. This was uh, the Talmudim sent these questions. They were not. Uh, we didn't edit it at all. I just put them together a little bit. So I'll read the questions right. uh, to the Rav, and then the Rav can answer. So these, I put three questions together, but I thought that we that was close to the topic the Rav was going to deal with. So I'll read it to everybody. Is it is it Tanya's opinion that non-Jews do not have souls a normative opinion? Question number one. Uh, question number two. Many Bali in today's generation have non-Jewish fathers. How does being a Ben Torah affect our relationship with them, even if they are very accepting and accommodating? Further, how should Bali Chuba raise their children to, bene, to be B'nai Torah while still maintaining a relationship with the non-Jewish grandparent? And then finally, uh, back to the Tanya, says that the Jewish soul is derived from Klippas Noga, which also contains good, while the souls of the nations come from Klippot, which contain no good whatsoever. The Alter Rebbe brings sources from the reason on the Gemara to the effect that all the good the nations do is only for selfish motives. I was wondering if the Rav could comment on this piece from the Tanya and perhaps help us understand it. The Tanya can be especially difficult for Bali Chubas who come from mixed backgrounds of families, furthermore, or first-hand experiences of interactions with seemingly righteous and kind goyim worth anything at all slash have any weight in the discussion. Okay, so I did sort of two. There are two two broad items to this question. One is your own family, and two the Balatanya and so on. So let's speak about the first point first. Like I said before, um, it's important that a person um, keep the dignity and chivas. This person is a biological father. This person was there for you, keeping the relationship in a positive way in general, I think is very important. The other way around, and this is unfortunately tragically when people have children who have gone away and so on, that becomes a lot more complex because there you in effect are validating something wrong and that becomes a lot more complex. This is not this question. But certainly a person should treat with all menschkeit, everything and so forth. Um, the, 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 um, it's not, it's not, it's not your issue, and therefore you need to retain the normal and generally speaking, retaining positive family relationships is vital in going forward. If someone told me he was, works a lot with with people in these situations, and he said people have a good relationship with their own family tend to have, to be able to build their own strong families. So certainly having a positive, fine relationship is important. I want to speak a minute about the Balatanya and, and just how to, how to put these things in place. Um, I personally don't have great musical abilities. Um, I, um, no, I like certain musics, I like certain, certain good, but that's about it. So somebody was commenting that, you know, this person is, is really very musical, that this, this point and this nigun is off. I had no idea what you meant. I, I just, I, I don't know, okay, if it bothers you, it bothers you. It's, 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 um, it, it, it's, it's somebody else, I, I, I don't have especially great visual sense thing. Someone's asking about the suit that he wore at the Hasna. I said, I know, you wore a suit. He said, why, you didn't notice what color? I said it was like the usual color. I, 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 know, I, know, I, I, just, I said, I can tell you it wasn't red and didn't have large stripes. Other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I, I don't have a feel for it. I don't understand it. Our neshamas are um, kind of almost infinite nerds. It's a continuum. It's just like a person's personality. There's the outer layer of what I do. And then there's my easily seen emotions. And then there's my deeper feelings and deeper. Balkanya is a, a safer that deals with very deep and fine things. Neshama, you know, you have a neshama, not a neshama. A neshama is really a continuum. It's, there are five levels. And each of these five levels has five levels. All, all of its mistake people make, all of these Kabbalah expressions are like numbers. How many numbers are there? You can have one, you can have one-tenth, one-ninth, one-eighth, one-this. You can have one-tenth of a tenth, one-ninth of a tenth. It's a structure. So we do believe that there's something in us 
that is far deeper and higher. Can we personally experience it? Do we actually have the ability to meet a few nice people and distinguish which is coming from this chilek, that chilek? If you're in a very high material about Tanya, the answer is yes. The value of learning something like the Tanya is that it reaffirms our sense that down deep, I have what it takes to do things that are incredible, that are not easily understood. Why would I do this? But it's not something where you could use it in shot. It's one, it's generally, I, I want to make a comment about this. Chassidish Sfarim were never part of the Litvish Academy. How many of the Sadhus go to the Yeshiva? The Hanis were there. It wasn't, the, the worlds were separate. There has been, and it's one of the, one of the I guess, one of the positive things there at Yisrael. My father grew up in Litva. He didn't see a Hasid until after World War II. It, it, the countries are far, and, and there, wasn't any, there wasn't any real interaction. So the worlds were distinct. Because in Eretz Yisrael, we have Sfarim, Nashkenazim, and, and, and Chassidish, and Litvish, and, and everybody kind of intermingling, there's been a lot of positive interaction, and, and a lot of um, you know, cross-fertilization, which is positive. But we need to understand something. A, a, a literature style safer says what it means and means what it says. So when it says something, it's meant to be precise. That's what it's meant to be, and it's either right or wrong. Hasidus, certain Hasidus especially, added a certain beauty. But you have you can't flatten it out and make a, 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 a shohara hadith. Reb Tzaddik and the Ishbitzah say things that sometimes are kind of stunning. They're stunningly beautiful, but you can't translate it in the same language. Someone asked me, uh, uh, apropos Reb Chaim Shalabitz, our Rosh Hashiva, said Shmuzin. Chaim Shalabitz was, was a, a, a huge Talmud Chacham. He also was a very deeply emotional person. And a woman called me up, and she said, is it true that Reb Chaim Shalabitz said that what saved the Yeshiva during the, during the Six-Day War was not the learning of Davi Bachram, but the Agunas cry for his neck? So I said, okay. I said, yes, he said that. He said it many times. Give me, let me give you some context. Reb Chaim had a very powerful, deep emotional side to him. He wasn't talking as a Yekesh kind of, I've measured the Yerushalayim and the Torah and the Tefillah. I, I balanced it. This is 3.8. He spoke that we should understand what a life of Gehenna of 20 years means. And, and, and it, it was very powerful. But it's a different language. It's not prose. It's poetry. And poetry can move a person much further. But you, when you translate from one language to the other language, and you, and you leave it the way it's translated word for word, you get mistakes. Tanya is an extraordinary safer. It, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is deep and beautiful beyond words. But it's deep and beautiful. You can't take it easily. It's meant, as a, 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 when we learn this, it's meant to say, you can do things that are selfless beyond words. Does it mean everything I do is selfless? Does it mean everything that a guy does seems to be selfish? No. We're talking about a very high and fine point. That's, that what's relevant to us is just an understanding in a deeper way. So that's, that's apropos about Tanya. Yeah. Okay. Different... Um uh, tell, what are a couple of things that you think are most important for parents to keep in mind today in raising their kids to be Abdi Hashem and B'nai Torah, boys and girls? So the truth is, this, this is the question we never thought we'd have to face. I was growing up at a time in America where things were headed down, and then in the 70s things started changing, and the feeling was once everybody's through and we have yeshivas up and running, you put in the kid at kindergarten, you march him down to the chuppah, and then you sort of, uh, you know, and, and that's it. There's nothing else. There's uh, nothing much to do it, 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 it because it's just perfect. Well, good morning. We woke up and it's not like that. I, I, let me explain something. You, when you are mechanach a child, you're not... If, if, if somebody would give you a video and how to make a table, so if you follow the instructions exactly you will have a table. But if it, 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 but it, it's not going to work in Chinuch 
because the, the table has a mind of its own. The child is his own person. Believe it or not, it's not, you can't have him just standing there and, and, and you put him into place. He's a human being who has an, a nefesh and a ruach and a neshama and, and everything about Tanya says. And he may not be there. The most important things are whatever you sincerely do, the child wants to imitate down deep. And, and the problem is children have an uncanny sense of smell of what's sincere and genuine and what not. If you don't put much time into learning, but you tell him very sincerely that learning is the most important thing and I wish I was asking that, the kid will begin to get the picture. You do what you want to do, but you tell your kids to learn a lot. That's, that's the picture they get. It's, 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 it, because a kid picks up of what's really you. It is, he's hardwired to imitate that. So the first point is the things that are really close to your heart and sincere, he'll pick up on it. There may be kufis that he'll, he'll push back and so on, but those things will stay. That's one. Two, if home is not a pleasant place, then he will push back. He or she will push back, not want to be part of it. Now, it could be not pleasant because you're overbearing. It could be not pleasant because they're not successful. You've sent a child to a place that they don't fit in well. And this is a mistake that people make. I want my son to look like this Talmud Chacham. Okay, which yeshiva produced it? This yeshiva? I'll send him there. That is a bad mistake. I'll tell you a story that I was present, and when you see what Adam God is, you see what that story is, Adam God is. When I first started teaching Yeshiva Soul Spring, I'd go back more frequently. I was here at this time of the year when the boys from the high school, the seniors, would come to look at Yeshiva's Nazi Israel. And there were four boys that I was especially close to, very special boys. And I said, Give me a day, I'll take you around, I'll show you some, some, some things, some people. And I went with them to Rabbi Yashiv. Rabbi Yashiv's Gabi was there. And he said, these are four bachram that came from America, talking to yeshivas in Yisrael, and they want a bracha from the Rav to get into the best yeshivas in Yisrael. And Rav Yasser looked, and he said, may they get into the most appropriate yeshivas in Yisrael. He changed the word best appropriate. That's how I'm going to That's where Rav Yasser especially was meticulous. He changed the word, and his bracha was in the Skyim. They went to four different places, and each one of them is an Adam Hashem Gadol in a different way, and that fit him perfectly. That's that, that that's it. finding a place that fits a child who's not given to learning a lot. There are a lot of reasons, but to put him in a place, even when you say he has a very smart, but he gets distracted. But he gets distracted is not bec- only it's a hara, it's a personality, and finding a place that fits. Talk it all with people, understand your expectation of the child should never be an objective expectation. Well, this little tatale is sitting and learning in Valayla, that's what I want it to be like. Because his parents got a lot of nachos from him, and I only get sympathy because of you. That's, that's all I get. Not the way to go. You need to understand the child. You need to understand the struggle. You have to say what's right. But, but there always has to be a sense that the child is a good boy who's struggling with whatever he's struggling. And you have to be you know, you, you can you can certainly say what what he should be doing, but again, it, there always needs to be a sense of I don't know the word respect, but you under, you, you believe in the child, and that's what and, that, and that's what, those are things. So whatever you yourself do sincerely, if a child sees you come home after a hard day of work and you're tired, you you eat, you spend some time with the family, and then you go to base medish tired and come back, that will be part of his DNA. If you genuinely admire people that are chashev, that's part of his DNA. If you genuinely admire people that are wealthy and successful, that's his DNA. It, it, it's, it, the child will pick up what's sincere in you. The child also needs to go up in a place where he's accomplishing and respected. So if he, if, if he gets 80s in a class where everybody's getting hundreds, it's not going to work. He will feel like a shmata and want to get out of there. If he is in a place where he fits into well socially and, and accomplishing, then 
uh, you know, with Seat Hashemayah, that, that goes, that should go well. That's true. Uh, um, I've heard this, uh, that there's no Tshuva Shlema for Zerla Vatala. Is this true? So again, we're going back to the things of, of, of that are sort of Kabbalah, and they've, they've been interpreted. You, you, you will find, somebody once said, I guess, uh, a Yeshiva Shur, what are the three easiest Averis? We know there's a concept of called three hardest Averis. What are the three Kalos, the easy Averis? It's very simple. Because every Shmuz is about how that Averis is worse than all three Averis. So coming to Davening late is worse than all the three. So he's compiled it and gradually those three have sunk to the bottom. Whenever you speak about the worst, there's nothing in the world that Shuba doesn't help. Period. Nikudah. Now, the question is, what do the Sfara mean? They have an understanding. The, 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 the Ramchal and others, he speaks about Agadis, and he says the following point. Every Agada is true, but you have to know under where, how. It says if somebody gets angry, it's like Zohar Vodazar. Is it Yarek Valyavar? Is it, is it really Yarek Valyavar? Do, do we stop including the person in a minion because, because, because it's Yarek Valyavar? There was a let's in the Mir Yeshiva that, um, it, it really, a, a daring let's. And Reb Chaim Shlevitz used to say he hated people who ate out in restaurants. I mean, for many reasons. Like, like Yeshiva served meals. They, they weren't, they, they not only weren't a five star, they weren't even one star, but, they, but, it, but it, it got you by. <coughs> And boys, Americans could afford to go to restaurants. I probably not like it. And he, he's, he's segueing off, off a, um, off a, a chazal. He said that eating in a restaurant you're like Ace of Russia, because he, you know, he ran after his type and throws in. That was the that was the shmuz. So there was a tnoim of somebody in yeshiva. It was a And one of the witnesses. So they had two witnesses. So this lets grills out. He's puzzled to be a witness because he eats in a restaurant. <laughs> and it, it, it took a little bit of, of guts. Then somebody told him, Chaim. Chaim chuckled and said, you know, just, you know, shut him up. But, but, but the point is, so you have to understand, it's in a certain Nakuda, in a certain Indian. There is zero in the world. Over and over, everything in the world has tshuva. And, and that's halacha. And that's how we need to understand the pshat. There is an understanding. That's what I'm saying. All these things have to be understood. In some way, there's a dimension. It's, it's, it's a metaphor. It's a dimension. It's emes 100% because that says it's firm. But, but understanding in the big picture what it means. It has nothing, it's nothing relevant to us. Yeah. Okay. Um, two questions now that were similar. Does the rub hold there is really a future for Orthodox American Jews in America? And how ethically corrupt does the United States or Western society have to get and until it is no longer a viable home for Jews? So, I, you know, these are things hashkacha. And once upon a time, I just always considered a place that wasn't good for Orthodox Jews. In, in people, people in Europe who want to come to Israel, the Shivas resisted it and they said, you know, you're going to fry out. It was true for many people. America was true. Until 19, until the war, um, uh, you, your chances were that your kids wouldn't be Shomer Shabbos. You know, it, it, uh, our and our Hashem is to deal with things rationally that are in front of us. An environment that provides good and so on and so forth, that's, that we, that's appropriate. To make these predictions and in what's going to be, I, I, I get, I, The Economist is, is a, one of the less decent magazines left and consider themselves very, very intelligent, and every year they have predictions for the next year. And these are the brightest, these are arguably some of the brightest people in the field, and so on and so forth, and then they also have what they missed out the year before. So, you laugh. They, you know, some of the things, are, some of the things they guess, some of the things were obvious, they know COVID, they know Ukraine, they know this, we don't know. We have to, when a person decides where's he living, there are many factors that come in. And a person should make a decision where, where does reason tell me that I can fit in best and my kids can grow the best? What's a community as positive? These Nisyonos will not skip over it at all either. 
where Edsel might be behind a bit. But but there's a new wave of and and it's it's one of the things that that America is facing now. It's it's very funny. We learn about Avodah and everybody laughs and says, "Oh my gosh, primitive people worship Avodah Zarah and so on and so forth." The Rambam is in awe of Avraham Avinu. He says a concept that all of society had accepted. Avodah was like ask any person from the head of philosophy department down to the to to, to a kid in school. Of course. Avarzer, the wind blows. All the winds in the world—that's a power, that's a force. It was—it was accepted as the norm, and it, the Rambam appreciates. The Rambam says that one person can say the emes is the emes, even if everybody thinks differently. Then, then, then that's that's what Avram was, and he's called Ivri because everybody's on one side of the world. I'm different. It takes a lot, a lot, a lot of intellectual and emotional strength to stay the course. Things that, I'm that there's such a thing as a man, as a woman, as marriage, is now, it's, you, 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 you I mean, you, you, you lose your job if you say it's something like that. It's incredible. And, and, and it's becoming, the problem is not, you know, it's one thing, it's becoming like the norm. You, 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 you know, of course, there is no difference. Everything is everybody, and anything is anybody, and and, and nothing is nothing. Everything is it, 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 it you know. I, and we're we're going to have to. There will be practical ramifications, but there'll be the, the ramifications thing. And, and to say that zechon is a pusik. It's the only biological description we have of man. Not his heart, not his mind, not his not feet, not hands. The only thing that describes is that there's zechon and a and marriage. If it's a tax deduction, then it's a tax deduction. That's fine. I have nothing to say about tax deductions. You can, you can, you, you know, that's... But, but if marriage means more than that, only the, the terror instituted it. It's not a biological reality. No animal has marriage. It's marriage is because the Pasuk says, you know, a Baruch created a psychological, mental, emotional concept called marriage. And that's it. Are there people that struggle? Of course. Are there difficulties? Of course. Do you need to be sympathetic for struggling? Yes. But you don't bend the emis. There are people who, who struggle with drugs. And we can empathize, understand why. But we also need to understand that a life, that life is not a life. And staying the course of what's emis, and yet there's no reason to shun the person as such, and there's no reason not to empathize. But but we need to stay the course in terms of what's right and what's wrong. And and Rav Salvechik had, there's one of, you know, divorce in Jewish law is complex. One of the issues is, um, it, 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 I don't want to go into the halachic thing about being a, a, a hove for a woman, that means you can't do schia. It, it, it rests on a certain assumption that for a woman getting divorced is inherently um, a liability. And someone challenged that, or a nominally orthodox rabbi challenged that on the basis that today, since women can earn their own wages, which wasn't the case, it was very hard for women to earn her. So today it doesn't apply. And a salvation came out very forcefully against it. And he said, Ve'elav Chukasech is a Pasuk in the Torah. And all the changes in society will not take away a Pasuk in the Torah. And it, it, in other words, someone, he said, that the assumption of, of Chazal that is liability is based on a pusik, and a pusik embraces is reality itself. Um, so, so that I see is a problem, and I don't know if I'll skip Israel. We have no guarantees. Every place, there, there are no safe havens from Yitzhar. Every place has its challenges, every place has its opportunities, and a person's decisions need to be based on what's in front of him. In the Daniel Machine of Rose. Um, uh, yeah, if it's a very short question, like, what's for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's not so short, but the rough you give baby. Yeah. Roshi Prokhim. How can a bucker evaluate if, when he should leave learning full-time? So this is a personal decision that has to be based on somebody you feel two things. Comfortable that his perspective of what's right is the derech that you're going. There are many drachim equally valid. 
a Chassidish derech, a Litvish derech, a German derech, a this derech, that derech. You have to say, a person's advice will be based on the goal you want to get. And someone understands you. In broad pictures, at some point, it's at some stage in life, learning is what develops you. Learning is what gives you a foundation, understanding Torah, and so on. And then the question is, can it become something that's an umness? Is your learning on a level, emotionally, intellectually, lemaisa, where it's a life's calling? It means, someone asked me the following question, it was some sort of symposium, and someone said, so now, somebody's been sitting and learning for five years, it's not, should he, should I, I don't remember what the question was. But I told him, pardon an observation of mine, the only thing measured in time is jail. Uh, you did five years. You did ten years. I, I said, it's a strange way of phrasing it. I've been sitting five years in Cohen learning. He learned Dash Mazikin. He's done Yeridea. Like, w- w- when it becomes that type of, of attitude, it, it has to be something where a person feels that he's, he's productive in the sense that, and there are, you know, and, and so that's a type of decision that you have to make with a Rebbe that you feel that where he's trying to bring you to is is in line. This is this is your rav in that sense, and understands you and understands uh, uh, what's appropriate. And that's why having a personal rebbe is so important. In today, in the old days, people lived in towns, people lived in small shivers. It was today because everyone can access everyone. Everyone could, could go to Hank and ask and ask a question, he would answer. We lost that, and it's a, and it's not good. It's it's something that this is a, a very deep and personal question that requires someone who's that type of Rebbe for you. Baruch Hashem, you have it here. I mean, we've had, over the years, people have come from here to learn. And in Shiva, they found different kufas. And the one thing we see is people who have the personal kasha that, you know, people understand them, where they should go to. Baruch Hashem, the the products I've seen are people that have really really developed and and gone right. So, Baruch Hashem, use your kufa for full-time learning really well as... And and um, you move on later in life um, in, in, in expressing those ideals, realizing those ideals.